0: to five three three four two New York call the twenty four-seven Hope Line at one eight seven seven eight hope and Y or text Hope and Y four six seven three six
1: nine welcome 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 it is time for another Woke Bros. I have returned <laughs> this is not just a Waz speech this is a Michael speech Course, I'm Michael Brooks along with my compadre, friends, comrade, collaborator, Big Waz, Wazzy Lambray, with Junior Super Producer. Well, no, no, excuse me, Junior Evil Genius, rather. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Junior Evil Genius, Rob Lopez on the ones and fucking twos. How's everybody doing?
2: good brother good I cannot complain I'm happy to have you back I'm jealous that you were able to go to a tropical island mm-hmm. as the weather in LA I know northeast people don't want to hear this but this El Nino shit has been going on for basically four weeks now and it is miserable
1: we it's were talking because you, you were on uh, you were on TMBS a couple weeks ago and we did the a few by the way people really liked our segment talking about the moon, uh, the serpent, and the rainbow. which <laughs> People should That's go awesome. find. You should definitely watch that on the Michael Brooks Show YouTube channel. But um, <clears throat> yeah. But it was like it takes you so like barely even a year to go from a hardened New Yorker that deals with horrible weather all the time to a full-on L.A. Like, oh my god, <laughs> cold. <laughs> <laughs> uh, i i cannot uh
2: you know protest that man it's just a fact it's just the plain truth of what's
1: going on here <laughs> so, you know why because la fries your brain man la like i could stay there just even for five days and by the sixth day i'm already in that mode where i'm like uh, we. I just want to put on yoga pants. And, <laughs> you know, yeah, let's go get some coffee. <laughs> well, here's the thing the the
2: the problem the problem is that it's not the weather. It's that you know that it could be so much better, right? Whereas in New York, if it's You know, if it's 12 degrees in February, it's like, well, shit, it's not going to get better to April. So this is just what it's going to be. And, I, you know, I don't have the expectation that it's going to get better. Um, But being here, it's like, wait a second, man. Like, I know it gets – I know it's supposed to be better than this. So it's frustrating when it's overcast in 52 and you know that it has the possibility of being 74 and sunny.
1: I know. It's it's a tough deal. Um, But uh, let let me just say – Speaking of which, I, of course, will be getting my L.A. on very soon. And you should come join us April 20th, the Michael Brooks live show. We could really say the Michael Brooks slash Woke Bros live show because, of course, of Waz course. is going to be there. Of course, but also we have the genius documentary film uh, maker, former Fusion TV host, Nando Vila. He's going to be there. And then you know, just the the TYT powerhouse Anna Kasparian, and of course all of us at the TMBS crew. Um, we always say this, but I'll just say this. So the tickets are going fast, and they've only been up for a couple of weeks. Uh, and the way it is, you know, is it spikes and then it and then it dips and then it spikes again. When they spiked up again for the bellhouse show, that we were just. Shit, I don't even remember how, but literally like a couple, maybe I think single digits from selling out. And that was okay because there was a lot more room at the bell house. So what I'm saying is get your tickets now for the bootleg because there's just a much there's a much tighter physical limit. And people are making trips. They're booking tickets. I know I know at least one person who was in New York. They came from Massachusetts to New York. Now they're going from Massachusetts to L.A. And you know what? Why not? L.A. is beautiful and this show is going to be a monster. And then I'm going to spend a couple of days hanging out in L.A. after actually. So uh, we'll, I'll get together and sit around with Waz and be like, oh, El Nino. <laughs> El Nino. Yeah, El Nino uh, yeah, is it's, it's, it's raining. It's cold. It's terrible, guys. Sling Hopefully it's <laughs> – uh, on the on the podcast description uh, to buy your tickets, and then of course the Boston show. Tell them about it, wise.
2: Yeah, man, this Saturday at the Middle East in Cambridge, Massachusetts. Count the Dings will be live as a crew, a le- record label, and as a motherfucking. I forget what uh, how that goes. Um, me, yeah, obviously myself, El Hassan, Zach Harper, Tom Habistro, Jade Hoy, Black Trey, Mariano. Uh, Everybody, of course, Eden, of course, Nissan, of course, everybody within the um, Count the Dings universe will be in the building. We got a couple of special guests. Pablo Torre is taking over the show for a spell. Um, Him of ESPN and High Noon fame. Henry Abbott will be in the building. We're going to have a bunch of people in the building showing love, um, sharing laughs, sharing information, sharing stories, man. It's just going to be a grand old time. And, you know, you can expect the usual high jinks from me and the rest of the crew. The type of stuff that you don't really get on the live show because it lives on forever. I mean, excuse me, on the regular pod because it lives on forever. We can be a little bit more off the cuff in a live setting, if you will. Um, I know I will. So, you know, a few more tickets still available. Uh, Obviously, tickets will be at the door in a very, very limited quantities. But make sure you get to Boston, man, if you're in the greater northeast area. And that go New York, Philly, D.C. Get your asses up there, man
1: there it is all right so we've got a few things to hit as always we're going politics culture going politics culture slash politics then culture and visionary ship is how i would kind of talk about the three parts of our uh show this week but let's start in the gutter which is where america is right now with donald trump and uh michael cohen testified to congress today
3: Never in a million years did I imagine when I accepted a job in 2007 to work for Donald Trump that he would one day run for the presidency to launch a campaign on a platform of hate and intolerance and actively win. I regret the day I said yes to Mr. Trump. I regret all the help and support I gave him along the way. I am ashamed of my own failings and publicly accepted responsibility for them by pleading guilty in the Southern District of New York. I am ashamed of my weakness and my misplaced loyalty of the things I did for Mr. Trump in an effort to protect and promote him. I am ashamed that I chose to take part in concealing Mr. Trump's illicit acts Rather than listening to my own conscience, I am ashamed because I know what Mr. Trump is. He is a racist. He is a con man. And he is a cheat. And I
1: had to watch most of it because we were actually doing live coverage and live kind of mystery science theater commentary on it for the majority report today. And just a couple of things, just that I think are relevant. I actually think, for what it's worth, and it's very funny to watch this. Like, if you take as a given that anybody associated with Trump uh, is going to be, you know, a sleaze bag, Michael Cohen is actually one of the least sleaze bags of the sleaze bags, and I actually find him kind of a compelling person to testify because I do think in certain areas. He genuinely has some remorse. And so as an example, you know, so many people like, you know, Paul Ryan and all these other horrible, uh, you know, disgusting, fraudulent Republican leaders, you know, they kind of hemmed and hawed about Trump and racism as an example, or Trump in Charlottesville. I think Michael Cohen actually was bothered like somewhat legitimately by Trump's response to Charlottesville, right? Uh, he also definitely declined on a lot of occasions and I gotta say like this didn't exactly play into like the kind of hysterical resistance narrative either because he definitely was like, yeah, there's not really like a P tape. I haven't been to Prague. like I don't you know, there was a lot of stuff that they kind of floated. He's like, yeah, I don't know about all that, right. But I do know that this guy is a racist. I do know he's a con artist. I do know he's a scumbag. And I do know that I regularly had to do unethical and, you know, also uh, illegal things for him. Uh, And the Republican Party, you know, if you still need proof of this, you're out to lunch. But it's there's no difference between them and Trump. They were but they were, you know, again, fascists are are relentless and dangerous. But also, man, a lot of them really were stupid. Uh, the last thing I want to say is in the last part of the hearing, and I'll just do this real the only reason I'm taking so long to set this up is because Waz didn't get a chance to watch a chunk of it, but I know you'll want to watch this later. In the beginning of the hearing, it was very weird because there was this black woman like walking around, like somewhere in between the Congress people where they were sitting in the on the daises, right? And where Cohen was testifying. And I don't like I thought she was a reporter or something or maybe part of, like, somebody's legal team. Like, but it just was an – like, but she was standing and kind of moving on a – sort of noticed it in my periphery. And what it turns out is that because he had this pre-released opening statement where he basically included, like, hey, what Trump said on the public record about race is terrible. Well, here's what he says on the private record, Right. So the, this Republican, Mark Meadows, who threw a lot of fucking tantrums during the day, has this woman on stage. And of course, she's a Trump org employee. And he's here to, and he's bringing her up to say, see, <laughs> she works for the Trump family. <laughs> Can't <laughs> possibly be racist, right? It's not and possible. This embarrassing uh, nonsense. and And basically, fast forward probably about – I think five or six hours later because it was right at the very end and well after they had a recess, the junior members of the committee, which is some heavy hitters, um, AOC, uh, Ro Khanna, Ayanna Presley, and then finally Rashida Tlaib, among a couple of others, they get their crack. And, you know, they were all actually, particularly AOC was very effective, but Rashida Tlaib, you know, she just, she's kind of not having it. She's laying it out and talking about, you know, I mean, she's the impeached, the motherfucker Congresswoman, so she's on point with who Trump is, and she said basically, I would also consider it to be racist to have a sole, you know, figure on stage to prove the president isn't racist. Upon which, Mark Meadows literally almost teared up, and Elijah Cummings, the chair of the committee, and Rashida Tlaib ended up kind of having to like. Weirdly, calm him down. <laughs> you know, like she didn't reverse her, but it was definitely a like no greater. You know, like being accused of racism is the greatest. And but but again, it was like he really fucking believed it. Like he wasn't putting it on. And you know, apparently he's got like cousins and nephews that are people of color, and he and Elijah Cummings are friends. I mean, it was just like whoa, but. This is make any difference. I don't think. I mean, I think like, you know, Trump is a mute, like everybody knows he is what he is. And I think, again, it's important to remind ourselves there is a reason that he's never had a 50 percent approval rating. He's a broadly unpopular guy. And Hillary Clinton's basically the only person he could have beat for a variety of reasons. But, uh, you know, he's in trouble if the Democrats can get it together. Obviously, I'm very stoked about Bernie Sanders. But. I don't think this really makes that much of a difference, although it was compelling.
2: Yeah. And again, his his approval rating sort of hovers between, you know, 33 and 40 something percent, you know, at all times. And until he sort of gets to a red line where it's actually detrimental to people like Mitch McConnell and his other enablers in the Congress and in the Senate, uh, there's in the House and in the Senate, there's no there's no incentive for them to do anything. Right. Like and and I was talking to my buddy, Ethan Sherwood Strauss yesterday. He's like the guy kind of campaigned on being a sleaze bag, Right. Like yep. he campaigned on the idea that, like I'm a dirt bag. I know how these dirt bags work. I'm going to go in there and clean it up. He campaigned on being somebody who dodged taxes, being somebody who yep. skirted the rules. And he was like, it's crooked. I know because I participated in it. Right. Like, so he's campaigned on a lot of this stuff that would, you know, embarrass somebody like a Richard Nixon who, uh, you know, fancied himself as like this ultra respectable person. Uh, Trump has never fashioned himself as that type of person. So. A lot of this stuff doesn't hurt him in a weird way. In a weird way, it affirms all the things that he's already said about himself. And again, you know, the only thing that will turn... I know people are waiting for his core, core base to turn. And the bottom line is, like, when those Nixon tapes got turned over, it's not like his base really left him. It's just like, it just became untenable. It was like, bro... You can go to jail for this shit. It, it kind of doesn't even matter what, whether you're co- our core base, the people we've cultivated to believe any fucking thing we'll say, uh will stand by us. It's just that like, bro, like you you you're, you're going to go to jail behind this if you don't step down, right? And so that's what it took. I don't think, you know, Michael Cohen um would would it was going to come up with some smoking gun plus like his opening statement was leaked last night. So it's kind of took Um, Any of the suspense out of it Uh, But again you know What will it take for people to act I think you know Obviously I I don't think this stuff Helps him You know, I don't know that it hurts him that much, but it doesn't make him look better. It's not going to improve his standing with the American people. And I just think they need to impeach him. Like, just do your fucking job as a government and be ready for a fight if that's what it takes. You know, Um, but that's your job (laughs) as the House of Representatives. Like, you guys have to start the impeachment process. And like, it's. It's been so obvious for so long that this guy participated in like trillions of criminal acts like and that's just with Michael Cohen. Right. Michael Cohen is like, no, like the guy I you know, we participated in like a bunch of criminal activities together. And that's just with his one lawyer slash fixer. Uh, And so there's always been grounds for impeachment. It's just about the Congress actually doing it and be willing to fight on it because the Republicans have shown themselves to be dug in on this thing and they're going to take this to the bitter end.
1: Yeah, that's a hundred percent right. Uh, I and I think the only yeah the only other thing to kind of add about it is is you know his his responses like every time because obviously sooner or later he's in Vietnam right now uh, you know wishing that he could you know run the country the way the leader of North Korea does but I think like he <laughs> like the the tantrums he'll have about things are always the funniest and most revealing kind of responses he has. Uh, And of course it doesn't help him. Uh, But yeah, the only other things that, that really, I think point to what you're saying was one, one thing, Michael Cohen talked about was one year Trump getting like I think like a 10 million dollar IRS refunds and he's saying like this country's so stupid to give me this money so stupid so stupid and he's bragging but it's like yeah that's 100% right it is stupid. facts you know? it is. and, yeah. <laughs> and the other thing that that also um i doubt it cuz i mean i think it, he actually is going a little bit down with his base already but i i think the only thing that might hurt him potentially with like a random MAGA chud is like Michael Cohen asked for medical records related to Trump having those, you know, his bone spurs or whatever the fuck. So we didn't have to go into Vietnam. And Trump basically was just like, like, to say, you know, said like I didn't have them. But like, I'm not going to Vietnam. You think I'm stupid. And I think that what people don't understand is I think all the other shit including like i'm your sleaze bag and all of that he still did that in a way where with his cult that they're on the same side i could see a couple of people randomly just being like oh that is really just as simple as maybe i went to vietnam because like i didn't have a rich daddy and this oh, guy I that mean one that that's
2: like, yeah, they they've been making excuses for this guy from the start. That's just one hundred
1: percent. but I'm saying it targets them in a way that actually what's interesting to me is most of the shit he has said has never been at them. Like, he, like people like the John McCain thing, like, first, a lot of people don't like John McCain. Didn't like John McCain. And he was going against John McCain man-to-man. He's saying this guy's a posturer. I could see a guy being like, you know what, John McCain crashed his plane, whatever. But the generic, like, oh, I went to Vietnam. He thinks I'm dumb? All right. You know, in addition to the fact that now, I'm probably, if I'm, you know, if I'm a working person, I'm paying a higher tax rate You know, I just anyways, but overall, it's not really going to make much difference. But, you know, hopefully it'll it'll make uh, Trump, you know, I don't know, give him some indigestion. Yeah,
2: and again, this, this stuff is important, right? And, like, it I think there is a value to having this stuff on the record yeah, as definitely. well. You know, right. like, having his... And, and, again, it can't be said enough. Like, his campaign manager, his fucking national security advisor, his personal lawyer, they've all been indicted. Yep. You know, like, it can't be said enough to have this stuff on the record. Like, the fact that these guys were able to come out in public and speak to this is awesome, but it's like... You know, at the end of the day, the facts remain the same, bro. Every single person around this guy has been shown to be criminal, if not just, you know, a straight up sleazebag, corrupt, greedy, avarice piece of shit. Like, it's just, you know, that's just what's been happening for the last few years now. And and this is just another step in that direction. Like you said, he's deeply unpopular, deeply beatable, Uh, even if he's not ousted uh, via, you know, indictments. Um, I think in the 2020 election, he's a deeply, he's a weak president. Like he's deeply unpopular. He barely got over the first time. Um, he didn't win a, a a plurality of votes. Like he's just a vulnerable president at this point, but I think, you know, coming at him is the best way. Like, this is what needs to happen. He he needs to be getting it from all angles. It's not just about, you know, the legal stuff, the legal entrapments. It does matter what we're doing politically to weaken this guy as well. So this shit matters. This shit counts. It's a good thing for people like you and I, and the people who care about the things that we care about. So Jussie Smollett uh, turned himself into the Cook County um, prosecutors or the police, excuse me, in Chicago in relation to his false reporting of getting his ass whooped by white supremacists and having bleach poured on him and and putting his neck in a noose and blah, 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 blah. They also arrested two brothers who have confessed to conspiring with the guy allegedly. And I just want to say two things. One, I never believed the story from the start, but that's just me, right? Like the story sounded too fantastical uh, from the beginning for, for my own liking. And two, like before I even go on with what the police have said, this is the Chicago PD we're talking about. Right, <laughs> like <laughs> this is this is the people that repressed that tape of the McDonald kid getting shot in his back for years, right. then had to pay his family out like five million dollars. Like this is the same police department. Like we to two, like I can hold two thoughts at once, right? Being very skeptical of anything that comes out of that police report, police department officially, while also like reading what this guy claims happened. It's like, come on, bro. It's like hitting the lotto of oppression with this guy right here. They put bleach on you. They they, they had MAGA hats on. They, they put a noose on your ass. Like, God damn, they, they done did it all to you, didn't they? You know, Um. so I was always, I was kind of skeptical of the guy's story from the beginning. And then, you know, I had talked to some people that I knew from Chicago about it. And they were just talking about like that particular neighborhood, that particular time of night. It just seems very unlikely that something like, like this would happen to him. You know, it just it the story never rang true to anybody who's from Chicago. They kind of felt like um, he was scapegoating Chicago for having this repu- this violent reputation a lot. And you know, those people probably have their own biases as being Chicago natives, but they and they're used to having their city slandered in that way. You know, being associated with violence and that type of thing. But they were just like, no, this doesn't this doesn't jibe with how things happen in Chicago generally. Um, that being said. You know, there's there's a lot of stuff out there about how this hurts the the uh, people, gay people who are actually uh, um actually oppressed, black people who actually get racial epithets spewed at them, blah blah blah. I don't know, like I don't know if I feel that way, Michael. I, I not to say that this helps it or hurts it in any. But I just think this is a um this is an American celebrity and fame story. More so than it is an oppressed people's story. Do you do you feel me on that?
1: Yeah, I do. I think that I think that the people who would use this as a reason to discount uh, stories of you know a violent, like rate of oppression or racial or sexually motivated of uh, violence, like right they, they're going to do that anyways. And it will, and I'll look, I'll concede enough to say that this obviously doesn't help because this is the, you know, this will be the go-to anecdote for bad faith people. But I also agree with you that it's really a celebrity story. I think it's definitely also a story of like, look, people need to like, I I see a lot of stuff um, on social media again that might, that are, that could be reflecting things that are absolutely real and, and need to be addressed. But you know, people are just, they j- are jumping to conclusions way too quickly and falling for, you know, everything from fake quotes to fake stories way too easily. I, and I include myself in that. I've had to do a lot of, you know, work, I think just to be you know, more, you know, just not hair trigger, frankly, because that's all the these social platforms, you know, push not no, you know, not analysis and reflection. Yeah, And I agree with you. I mean, I saw it in the headlines and I didn't really look into it, but I just saw the headline as, you know, this assault happened and it was horrible. And the idea that he could be assaulted was obviously of no surprise to me. But then as soon as it was like, Getting into the actual story, it was like, wait, it's it's like sub freezing right now in Chicago, and there are guys walking around bleaching their hands, just <laughs> <and> like it's <laughs> ridiculous. It's you know, it's and it's disturbing that there wasn't more of that kind of just like basic dot connecting going on. I think that you know, yeah, I mean, I I, I think in general, again, this is a this there is a you there is just a huge problem. In general, with that type of culture online, I think actually particularly when it actually does start to get mixed in with really serious shit. and I think, yeah, it's the fact that the Chicago police are handing it, handling it is, you know, rife with ironies. Uh, But, you know, on the other hand, I mean, look, I don't want to do the easy out here in a way, but it's a necessary point to make. Like you mentioned the the um you know the McDonald murder by that cop who finally faced a little bit of justice in terms of going to prison and you know I'm a I'm not a big prison guy for almost anybody but there is a case when you literally murder a teenager as a as a cop. yeah there's a case for, but, for you maybe needing to go to prison for a little bit apartment and Mayor Rahm Emanuel is helping cover this murder up I mean I think in fact a lot more people should be going to jail like. This is that's something from Chicago people should be talking about, not a disturbed celebrity, um, you know, doing whatever he did for whatever reason he did it. But, you know, yeah, I, I think people need to be a lot more strategic, a lot more thoughtful uh, about these kind of stories in general as they pop up on the various streams.
2: Yeah. And the thing is, you know, uh, the, I forget this woman's name, but the girl from Juno. She was on Mm -hmm. one of these late night shows and she had a whole freaking, she had a whole lecture about Jesse Smollett and nobody in the news is talking about it and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, she's LGBTQ from that community and she cares about these issues in much respect, no doubt. But I think, like, normal working people, man, when they see that type of shit and then they hear... That it was all a hoax. It's like, you see, these Hollywood people, blah, blah, blah. And that's not to say these are. I also think
1: normal go. working people might also be the type of people who would say it's twenty below zero. And right. also, by the way, <laughs> in the actual city of Chicago. The actual city of Chicago, obviously, unbelievably racist history and a lot of racism, particularly in the 100%. police department. But like yeah. that wouldn't be the place you'd expect people walking around with MAGA hats. And then they're by like a nice hotel and they're carrying bleach. Like <laughs> is, this is the type of thing that it, it does seem like I'll put my own biases, like the carpenter or the nurse or the school teacher is going to be like, hmm, really? Yeah. And the <laughs> activist is going to be like, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: And, and, and you know, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and look, and and the, and again, this is the type of story we can have fun with because nobody was actually injured. Right. I know that like certain people on the other side are like, you see, they're injuring us, calling us just because we love our president. The types of people who put bleach on gay black men for no reason and tie nooses or they're injuring us. Like, I know those people are acting like they've actually been injured by this. Um, you know, the only thing that was happened Taxpayer dollars were wasted on a fake police investigation, right? Like theoretically, those guys could have been working on something a lot more important than this fake crime yeah, let or, you know, or <laughs> maybe it was good they were doing that. Right. <laughs> and not shooting teenagers in the back. Yeah, right. Not murdering
1: teenagers. Right. Yeah.
2: <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But you know, and, and we should say that that small not, has maintained his remember. innocence. You know he's he's no. he's categorically denied the charges against him. He maintains that he didn't commit a single crime, which I guess theoretically means that this actually happened by a couple of white boys in MAGA hats and nooses and bleach and this is MAGA country spewing type of shit. Whatever, Maybe you know, they
1: were Nigerian brothers who loved um, <laughs> Trump. <laughs> Hey, they wouldn't be the
2: first. So I'll tell yeah, you that. that's true. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'll,
2: t- I'll tell you that, but you know, the you know, and the story is—it's just illustrative of uh, of the type of discourses that we have online, and the jumping the guns, and the this and this and that. And it's just like I assure my lefty homies, man, we got enough stuff to be pissed off at that we don't really need to go crazy. That it's something like this, yes. <laughs> You know, like, we can get to it. We got enough stuff to occupy our anger, our rage, and we need to focus it and weaponize it against those forces who are conspiring against us as we speak. You know, the moneyed class, the fucking most bitter racist people in America. Like, we get it. Like, we have enough enemies. We can concentrate on them that we don't need to get bent out of shape. And again, like... You know, and no disrespect, when he went to the police station, all it looked like he got his eye, you know, he got punched in the face. Okay, that. it's bad. Nobody deserves to have that happen to them, but they'll get over it. His life will be fine. He will not sustain any permanent damages physically, like bodily harm. Like, we could have moved on from this. Not moved on, but just been like, okay, let's wait for this to actually play itself out, and then we could jump on and do what we do. But goddamn, do we look like the most bored, just, like, fragile people that, like, this then becomes the most important issue in America. And I know I'm not making a straw, man, because I was on the Internet when this shit happened. You know, like, yeah, this is bad if it's actually true. But, like, relax a little bit, guys.
0: I mean, yeah, I, I,
1: that's it. <laughs> um. like it's going to be dropping very soon uh solange is i mean she's a force in culture i the, that video that came out a couple years ago of her uh smacking jay-z yeah uh, in the elevator yeah it reminds me of i forget i think it was probably somebody like common it was definitely a very like you know conscious rapper but he had some line about basically like don't like not remembering Rick James just for the Dave Chappelle sketch. Sure. And, you know, and obviously that's a much more kind of like tragic comic thing. But I will say, especially since of course Beyonce is like the you know arguably the biggest pop star on the planet. Yep. And Solange does a different thing. I think there's a disturbing amount of people that. Not a lot, cause she is huge, but there might be some people that still know her more for smacking a hoe oh. Therefore, for, or I shouldn't say that. Whoa! Whoa! <laughs> Yo, Rob, edit that out,
2: man. Edit that out. This guy's disrespectful, bro. Edit that out. This guy's crazy. Edit that out. How dare you? How dare oh, you, Down? Like history, motherfucker.
1: Coming at the I'm guy. Down. Like- do not do not just just edit the fucking thing you know you know why and you know my real reason for it For because i am now at the point where i used to have like ego wish fulfillment like oh maybe somebody big will listen to this now i have fear <laughs> some fucking person from rock nation is well, gonna be like I actually liked Woke Bros until that fucking asshole. Yeah, he can't. Get rid of all of that. It's totally
2: we said, unnecessary. We, we sent a at Adam with the mace like he did to R. Kelly. Yes, exactly. That's, that's what we're it, doing. It from the point. So no, I no, I think, you know, I don't know. In the pop space, I don't know that Solange has yet a t- achieved, has yeah, ascended past.
1: Should I just reset that movie. though so there can be a clean edit? No, Rob. Rob will fit, uh, figure that out. It's okay, so I'm just—I think too many people. I want people to not know her for that. I want them to know her for her musical genius, not for hitting Jay Z.
2: Yeah, and 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 I think in the pop space, she's catching up to that. But and and part of it is that she makes—and I know this is a cliche to say—but she makes black ass music. She just mm. does. And it's not just about the sounds or the style, it's the actual content. She's speaking to the issues that affect black people specifically, right? So not to say that those themes can't sometimes be universal. I think a song like Cranes in the Skies hundred percent universal is just about like depression and getting over something and trying to move past things, trying to achieve things in your career while also dealing like that's a very universal theme as a song. But I think, you know, something like Don't Touch My Hair, <laughs> where, you know, that's like hundreds of years of weight of what black people have had to deal with in this country. Um pertaining to their physical attributes and made to think that they're lesser than or less beautiful or less worthy or less worthwhile than European features and textures or whatever. Uh, She gets into some pretty deep shit in her in her music, like content-wise. But I think the pop world is catching up to who he is because she's constantly making splashes. You know, I know when I um in 2017 I went to see at Brooklyn Bowl, and that's like that's that's like 10,000 11,000 people in right. those damn seats to see her so she's not some little indie act anymore right like she's not the little indie that could not that she ever was like truly indie but you know what i mean like she was never some Britney Spears type she was literally just Beyoncé's sister but now especially you know in the in the in the quote unquote capital the capital C culture um she's a force Right. Like she is, you know, one of the two, three most important women making music in the quote unquote culture at the moment. So when she drops an art exhibit online via blackplanet.com, which was an old like forum slash dating site for black people back in the early Internet age for those young woke bros listeners out there. um, You know, when she drops a little art exhibit via via that medium and people and, you know, those of you who follow my Twitter account fairly regularly will know that I reported a few weeks ago that the album was either coming out last week or this week and it's coming to fruition. You see the rollout happen, and not to pat myself in the back for being first, but Rob, I got sources out here, man. I, I I'm Scout. connected. <laughs> I'm, I'm connected. But no, um, so you know, and by the way, this thing this, this uh, she she dropped these visuals and people went crazy uh, people are obviously yearning for this type of material And she has been so good, like taste wise. Like, she was the music director for the first season of Insecure that people loved. Part of the reason people fell in love with Insecure as a show was the music choices. Like, she's been, you know, kind of tapping in, man, culturally for a few years now. And between her, Beyonce, and Rihanna, they're basically the three most important women in music, as far as I'm concerned. (laughs) You know, as far as I'm concerned, right, when it comes to just uh, aesthetically and content wise and just penetrating and cutting through culture. Those three, those three black women are three, most, the three most important in my opinion. And so it's pretty cool, man, that she's finally coming back out and the people are ready to receive her.
1: Yeah, I'm a hundred percent with that. Um, I've been a big fan And uh, I look forward to and I like that you said not just hearing it, but also all of the accompanying because she with her music videos and everything, she 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 and Beyonce are similar that way in the sense that it's a whole broad conceptual experience. Um, So uh, listen, everybody, what you got to do is tell people about the show. Subscribe to the feed if you haven't already for some reason, so you can get the Monday show as well. Leave us a rating, talk about how much you love both shows, but the Woke Bros more. That's right. Tickets to the Boston show at the Middle East this Saturday. That's going to be amazing. Get yourself there. Make sure to come to the TMBS Woke Bros live show in LA, April 20th, at the Bootleg Theater. You can, of course, find all of us, all of our Twitter links in the uh, in this description. You can also find us uh, definitely wise, but me too, increasingly on Instagram. Uh, check out, become a patron, get the whole experience. Join over two thousand others at patreon.com/slash-tmbs. Or if you want to to get, get a flavor of the show, go on our freshly monetized YouTube channel and Congrats watch on clips. that, by the way, Bill. Thank you, man. Watch clips, watch Wise with us in studio, get a sense of what we're doing. It's it's uh it's a, big, like- a
2: quick recommendation for folks out there. I think you should definitely download the latest TNBS. He gets into the Venezuela, the Haiti conflict. That young lady you had on was super impressive. France. That's um, what? Really super cool. knowledgeable, man. I just had to follow on Twitter. I was like, man, this young woman is is on the fucking ball. Although I will say my one critique. Yes. Um, not that I'm not that I'm personally a Tonto Macu, right? No, I, you I know, but um, my grandfather absolutely fucking was a, a big proponent of the party. And part of it, when she talked about that black empowerment shit, a lot of the shit that they did was literally jail, kill the mulatto light skin mixed race haitian population yeah. who have traditionally been the land owning um bourgeoisie of the haitian society he uprooted those motherfuckers and gave back a lot of land to the people in the countryside people like my um my grandfather so <laughs> yeah. so you know they, it wasn't just lip service he actually did that and of course it had the double um benefit of ousting his his biggest competitors right like it's a very easy way to consolidate power so it was like oh I promised I'd get these light-skinned people out of here and um you know I get to get not only do I get to fulfill my promise to you know the quote-unquote Haitian blacks um I get to consolidate power all at the same time it's killing two birds with one stone but I found that conversation to be riveting man that girl that woman is she's on the ball.
1: I appreciate that. Uh, of course, follow all of the various brilliant Count the Dings shows, back to back, Pod, Daily Ding, House of Strauss. Um, I'm a regular listener to a lot of these shows. Uh, it, and, you know, obviously, know well, starting with Waz for me, but this is a whole powerhouse team. Uh, of, of lots of people, I can't even mention all the names because there's so many of you that are so good. Subscribe, like everything, come to the shows, and we'll see you next Thursday for more woke bros. Stay woke and problematic, my friends.
2: <laughs> Let's go.